Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers. State Treasurer Dale Falwell is our guest. We've talked about all sorts of things so far. Let's uh, turn to one of the major uh, things that is seeming like is always on the mind of so many people in North Carolina who are covered by it, and it falls under your uh, authority, and that is the state health plan for the state employees. Where do we stand on that? Well, there's a couple of things. Uh, some are operational uh, and some are, are related to the future. Uh, the state health plan uh, continues to have uh, plenty of reserves to get us through uh, COVID-19. Some of those reserves have been used as the, the board of trustees as with the direction of the executive director, uh, D. Jones, uh, has recommended that a lot of the uh, expenses related to COVID-19, whether it's testing or treatment, uh, be completely waived. So we've uh, incurred probably eight to $10 million worth of additional expenses as these, um, as these uh, uh, services have been paid for without co-pays or deductibles. But you know, as uh, former Governor Jim Martin used to always tell us, Don, that doing right's rarely wrong. And when the Board of Trustees, uh, as well as myself, endorsed uh, eliminating these co-pays, it was the right thing to do for those that teach, those that protect, and those that otherwise serve. Long-term, uh, we are still fighting the cartel. Uh, the cartel, uh, you know, anytime that you struggle for the meaning of a word, if you go to the Bible or the Webster's Dictionary, one of those two books is going to set you on the right path. Uh, Webster's Dictionary defines a cartel as an association which is formed to restrict competition and or raise prices. And now that we've seen even more announcements since I've met with you last about the further consolidation of healthcare into the hands of fewer and fewer people, what we expect to see is what the New England Journal of Medicine and many other reputable uh, research think tanks have produced over the last several years that the further consolidation of healthcare in the hands of fewer and fewer people results in lower quality, lower access, and higher cost. What we're in favor of, myself as the state treasurer and the board of trustees of the state health plan, what we're pushing for is higher quality, higher access, and lower costs based on our buying power. And uh, the reason that is, is that on behalf of those that protect, teach, and otherwise serve, uh, many of our beginning level state employees are having to work one week out of the work month to pay the family premium this year. Now, we have frozen those premiums for the last three years, even though our healthcare costs like yours at Curtis Media have gone up dramatically. We have frozen those premiums, but just because you freeze the price of something doesn't mean that people can still afford it or still maintain it. So we are continue to work toward clear, our clear pricing project, transparency, getting rid of secret contracts, and pushing the power out to the consumer. The example that I've given uh, you in the past is that we have a teacher in Fayetteville, North Carolina, who was told to go get a, a particular image done. Let's just call it an MRI. Um, and when they went to get the picture taken, the image done, the intake person said, that'll be $1,200. And the teacher said, I don't have $1,200. And she said, well, that's what the deductible and the, and, and the copay is. And the teacher very nicely asked, you know, if I, ha if I had all that money, what would be the total cost of this procedure? And the lady genuinely answered and said, well, we don't know the answer to that. We don't know what any of this stuff costs. 
And that's what our citizens are facing across North Carolina, that people really don't know the difference between what they're billed and what the charges and what the costs really are in healthcare. And what's so frustrating is that it's the only part of their life where they will accept this kind of model. You know, today, as you know, Don, uh, today is Senior Citizen Day at Harris Teeter. You and I know that if we're gonna buy our groceries, we go today because we get our 5% discount. You know, people know how to consume if you give them the tools to consume. Push the power away from the cartel, get rid of secret contracts. And in this Fayetteville example, uh, this individual took this negative experience and drove 21 miles from their house seven days later and got this same procedure done for $219. That's what happens when you give people the tools and get rid of secret medical billing and push the power down to the consumer because this is a leading cause. As Senator Elizabeth Warren said for several months this year, rising healthcare costs and the costs associated with healthcare are the leading causes of bankruptcy in the United States. And I'm sure that's probably true in North Carolina. Well, it's, it's all frustrating to those of us who get a bill from our, our hospital that said the charges were $1,000, your insurance paid 300, you owe zero. I've never really understood what happened to that other $700. So it's, it's uh, confusing all the way down the line. And part of the reason is because the consumer ends up in many cases with a zero balance, uh, they don't get all that upset. But uh, uh, it does make uh, buying the services, as you said, uh, just sort of a, 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 a guess. Well, well, you're exactly right. And, and since our, we, I was on your show last, I've got some fantastic news to report. Uh, we have three main areas of people that we have a loyalty and duty of care to on the state health plan. And very briefly, let me put this in context for your listeners. This state health plan has about as many participants as the number of people who work for Berkshire, Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway, Jamie Dimon's JP Morgan, and Jeff Bezos' Amazon in the United States. That is the enormous buying power of this state health plan. It's about equivalent to those three companies combined. And we took advantage of that buying power recently because we have three segments of folks that we're loyal to. We have the active employees, we have the people who are retired but not yet 65, and then we have those that are over the age of 65. We just renegotiated our Medicare Advantage contract because uh, it had not been renegotiated in about four years. We put it out to bid, and I'm very pleased to report that uh, the bid that came back results in no change of services, and the premium to the employee is zero and the premium cost to the state health plan is also zero. This one contract, Don, over the five-year period of time, is three years initially and two-year extensions, has the potential, this one contract for one group of our public employees stands to save us a billion dollars for the state health plan over a five-year period, just that one item. So sometimes when we watch the pennies and the paper clips, we end up with a big penny and a big paper clip. Well, that's, that's an amazing, of course, the, the, I, I couldn't follow the math because there are too many zeros in there. Well, you know, you and I have had a little back and forth from time to time about how many zeros you have versus how many I have, but I'm not sure you want to go into that today. 
Okay, okay. Uh, I, th I, th I thought I was going to get by an entire program without at least one dig, but uh, I see you got that one in, and I'll, I'll give you that one, and I'll see if I can't come up with something later in the program to uh, to repay you for those kind of <laughs> Uh, well, at any rate, uh, so the health plan, uh, you, you work on it very hard. And of course, as you said, it's, uh, it is a, it's another one of these things that, uh, uh, is going to be a huge cost in the future. And so we need to start working on it now to be sure it doesn't get out totally out of hand later on. Well, you know, Warren Buffett said nearly a year ago that rising healthcare costs, <clears throat> these are his words. So I hope you're not playing this during dinner time. The rising healthcare costs are the tapeworm on the U.S. economy. <clears throat> and uh, as, as we start to, to take advantage of our largeness, get rid of secret contracts, bring transparency to healthcare costs, uh, we approach it like an ain't eating a ham biscuit, you know, one bite at a time. Uh, we've got about two and a half minutes in this segment left. Uh, you also have oversight over the state and community banks and, uh, a number of years ago, people didn't think there would be any uh, community banks, but that seems to have had a revival. There seems to be a, a, a significant growth in uh, smaller, uh, more statewide, I mean, uh, smaller community banks. Uh, what do you attribute that to? Well, you're exactly right. Uh, for the first time in 10 years, uh, we've had uh, some applications for state chartered uh, banks in, in North Carolina, and that comes under my responsibilities as chair of the State Banking Commission, which regulates all state chartered banks and savings and loans in our state. Of course, two of the, the, uh, the biggest state chartered banks in our state are obviously First Citizens and BB&T, now Truist. So uh, we appreciate them being customers of the State Banking Commission. But I attribute it to uh, the fact that, you know, it took 10 years to get past this, the uh, great financial uh, 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 downfall of 2008 and now we have the creation of more banks and but we need to make sure that we are understand the importance that banking is playing in rural North Carolina where we have a lot of fears right now about the access to capital what's happening to farmers for example across the state and this is uh, this is the access to capital and the importance of state uh, charter community banks and savings loans is highly important but we do have a growth in the number, and that's uh, that's interesting. It's very interesting to me. Well, it's and we're not losing any. <laughs> so we yeah. are we are very uh, grateful that uh, the the uh, combined board, as well as Kelly King and BB&T, uh, North Carolina uh, born and bred, uh, that uh, that they chose to remain a state chartered bank in North Carolina and not a, not federally chartered and not state chartered in a different state. That was. That was a choice that they made, and we're very thankful they made that choice. Our guest is Secretary. Uh, sorry, to say Secretary of uh, the Treasury. Actually, you're the State Treasurer. That's the official title, and that that would be one Dale Falwell. And we'll be back with one final segment on Carolina Newsmakers right after these messages. I can help the next customer over here. Oh, thank you. Hi. Wow, that's a lot of books. Let's see how to keep your child safe. Childproofing your home, childproofing your yard, 
Childproofing your in-laws' home and yard. Well, I'm guessing you have a little one at home. Yeah. Well, it looks like you must take good care of her. Oh, thank you. Now, let's see. Parents' Guide to Safe Toys. That's a really good one. Parents' Guide to Safe Foods. Parents' Guide to Safe Safety Products. Parents' Guide to Parenting Guides. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and other safety tips. Of all the things you can read about keeping your child safe, the most important is attached to the back of their car seat. Read the instruction manual and learn to use the latch system. It makes it easier to be sure your child's car seat is installed correctly. Parents' Guide to Telling Other Parents How to Raise Their Kids. To learn more, go to safercar.gov. Anchor, tether, latch, the next generation of child safety. A message from the U.S. Department of Transportation and the Ad Council. When we get old, will you take care of me if I can't get around anymore? Of course. We'll find a way. Are you going to take care of me if I can't see anymore? I'll read to you every day. And if one of us gets Alzheimer's disease, what then? Call 1-800-437-2423 for a free booklet on caring for your loved ones from Alzheimer's Disease Research. 1-800-437-2423. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers with Dale Falwell, our North Carolina State Treasurer. He's been with us a number of times, and a reminder that if you're listening to the stations that carry the 30-minute version of this program, you can go online and hear two additional segments, approximately uh, 25 minutes of content that uh, you're not going to hear on those programs. It's available on carolinanewsmakers.com, carolinanewsmakers.com. Or if you'd like to hear a repeat of the entire broadcast, you can also do that, carolinanewsmakers.com. And uh, we also archive all of our former programs. And so if you'd like to hear some of the comments of Dale and appearances on this program in previous times, you can also do that. Uh, well, Mr. Treasurer, we uh, said earlier as we started the program that uh, this is a different age and time and uh, people keep uh, talking about uh, returning to a sense of normalcy and, and maybe that's going to happen and maybe it's going to be a new normal. We don't know about that, but we do know that the COVID-19 impact has uh, a lot of repercussions. And so just basically kind of go over uh, what you think our, our state legislature is going to be faced with uh, over the next year as they look at uh, uh, shrinking income uh, sources of income and uh, probably rising costs. Well, uh, Thank you, Don, uh, for having me. And we were kind of uh, uh, talking uh, during the break about uh, you referring to me as the uh, Secretary of the Treasury. And, you know, that's where people most often see the word treasurers on a $1 bill. Uh, we don't, I don't sign the $1 bill, but we manage $200 billion, uh, $200 billion of those. And just the pension plan is, is the 26th largest pool of public money in the world with over $107 billion. So to kind of go back to your question, uh, as I said earlier, I wouldn't trade places with any other state treasurer of a state that's our size. Uh, we have uh, still left uh, two billion of, of COVID CARE Act money that we're waiting for Congress to loosen the strings on so that we can be used to backfill not only state budget shortfalls as people have been locked down, unable to consume, therefore not generating the, the uh, income, the sales, the gas and the occupancy taxes necessary to fund things your listeners care about, public education, public safety, public works, and public roads. 
but we have that going for us. We have $2 billion budget surplus from the previous fiscal year that just ended June 30th. We have a billion dollars of rainy day fund. And, and even though it's not directly related to the treasurer's office, um, we have about $3 billion of unemployment trust fund. And your listeners out there who run small businesses and large businesses like Curtis Media, who understand what food and pseudo taxes mean, uh, you understand that having money in the unemployment trust fund is very important uh, so that uh, the businesses in the state don't hit, hit with those surcharges that they were hit for 13, the first 13 years of, of this century. They were hit with these surcharges to where they were getting charged more during economic downturns to retain and, and hire people because the, the surcharges kept adding up in terms of the payroll tax. So uh, we're in good shape, but uh, we're not in good shape if we don't get the policies right as we try to strike that balance between uh, flattening the healthcare curve and, and flattening the economic curve. Uh, we have citizens of our state who are facing the highest degrees of job, food, health, and now educational insecurity uh, that we've ever seen in our lifetimes. And, you know, they really don't give a darn what political party a person's a member of. They just want their problems solved. And uh, at the treasurer's office, uh, that's what we do. We attack problems and not people. And one of those major two things that we work on constantly is maintaining North Carolina's AAA bond rating and uh, keeping our pension plan well-funded for those that teach, protect, and otherwise serve. Now, has there been any uh, percentage given yet to uh, the counties and uh, uh, th they can sort of count on as how much their shortfall might be from sales tax yeah. for the next year? Well, uh, yes. Uh, Terrell County is, uh, as I've mentioned on a previous segment, uh, that's a county that you would go through to get from Raleigh to the Outer Banks. Uh, the, the number of people in Terrell County today is about equal to the student and faculty population at Myers Park High School in Charlotte, to give you some idea of how few people are living in some of these counties. Uh, what you don't know is that Terrell County, 52% of the land in Terrell County is off the tax rolls, 52%. So that means as the cost of running these governments go up in a post-COVID era, the number of people that you can actually tax is cut in half. On top of all this, and I hope this is going to be like a country music song, Don, I'll I'm gonna, it's gonna burn you down a little bit, but I hope I can build you back up by the end of this segment. Uh, Terrell County has experienced a 25% decline in sales tax revenue. So let's get this straight. 50% of the property is off the tax rolls. That property tax is what's used to fund public education, public safety, public works, and public roads. Now they've experienced a 25% decline in their sales tax revenue, and there's, there's, there's not enough people to spread that out over. And that's why there, I have major concerns about what's happening in rural North Carolina, especially Eastern rural North Carolina, as they try to flatten their economic curve going forward. And of course, while that's a small county, uh, other counties are facing the same kind of dilemma uh, to some degree. Almost every county is, is facing uh, that. Uh, the metropolitan areas, uh, of course, uh, sales tax uh, revenue is going to come down there too. What, uh, again, about 20%, is that the, the, the guesstimate at this point in time? 
yeah, I, I think all in because it's it's just not it's not just sales taxes; it's occupancy taxes. And uh, as I've said on your show before, we have two cities in the southern part of North Carolina. One's called Charlotte, and one's called Charlotte. And they're pronounced similarly and they're spelled similarly, but I can tell you that Shalote and Charlotte are in far different boats uh, as they try to flatten their own economic curves. And of course, uh, all of us are, are in state and county and city governments are balanced, uh, are uh, challenged with the balanced budget. Only the federal government can dip into the till. And so we, I guess, will continue to look to the federal government and see what aid and assistance is going to come. And that's still pretty much being discussed as, as we speak. Uh, when do you think we'll know more about what kind of aid we can expect? Well, obviously, as, as long as Congress is not in session, uh, there won't be much going on. Uh, uh, as you, your listeners have uh, heard recently from your news broadcast that uh, there, the North Carolina physical research team is, is saying that they won't have a good number about what North Carolina's financial picture looks like because of the delay of the uh, income tax filing till not the beginning of September, but toward the end of September. So I think uh, possibly by Halloween, we should have a, a, a good idea of where we stand. And as it relates to these local governments, you know, their fiscal years ended on June 30th. So it's gonna take them a while to get their audited, all their audits done uh, uh, going forward. but. I just think that uh, as we move forward, that, uh, and I say this as, as genuinely as I can, that any of your listeners that really care about all these subjects we've been talking about, public education, public safety, public works, and public roads, if they have the ability to do so, go consume. And even if it relates to the registration of your car tag, you know, if you look at that registration statement, the two biggest expenses of that are the property taxes that go to the county and property taxes that go to the city of the volunteer fire department. So uh, anything that your listeners can do who have the ability to do so to consume would be very helpful. Great, uh, great words of wisdom. And uh, we very much appreciate you taking time to share uh, the state of our financial uh, well-being here in North Carolina. Uh, Dale Falwell is treasurer of North Carolina and uh, you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com and, and do just that. And we hope to have another date from Dale and other folks next week when Jason Kong will have another interesting guest for us on this same group of stations all across North Carolina. Jason has uh, done a great job of keeping us all well informed. So the next week, same time, same station. Have a good week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.